This is part two of a two-parter on werewolfery. Let's segue from Werewolf of London right into uh, The Wolfman, the original 1941 Lon Chaney Jr. movie, um, also starring Claude Rains as his father. Of course, this is the film that really establishes not just a werewolf, but the wolfman. Uh, when I was a kid, I actually even thought that a werewolf was more of a general shape-shifting creature. When you became a werewolf, you wound up looking more like an actual wolf or more like the animal that's in uh, American Werewolf in London. That kind of werewolf is more of a wolf-looking creature and less like a man. Even though the term werewolf, weir, means man. So werewolf just actually means wolfman. So the wolfman is werewolf. So there really is no difference. But for me, the difference was in the makeup. It was just the way that Jack Pierce created the wolfman, you know, the trademark, the wolfman. And he, you know, Lon Chaney Jr., of course, that's his most famous role. You know, it's, it's one of the main monsters of the Universal movies. But, you know, we, when we compare it to The Werewolf of London, there's, there's a lot of similarities. So, for instance, um, neither one of these films is based on a famous book the way Dracula is based on Bram Stoker's book or the way that Frankenstein is based on Mary Shelley's book. Um, this is really just based on legend, you know, the, the, from Europe that there was once shape-shifting, you know, there's some stories, uh, there's really famous case from France, I think from the, what was it, the 1600s? Oh, uh, yeah, that's a, that is a weird one. I don't remember all the details. I just remember in the end... The scientists were saying, like, oh, they thought it was basically a hallucinogenic lotion. I don't know, put him into some kind of state, you know, where he was, like, he was into his lizard brain, I guess, you know. <laughs> and he, you know, ran around on all fours, and he really thought he was a wolf. And, yeah. Um, and I think he even committed some murders. You know, this is the kind of stuff that both Werewolf of London and The Wolfman were based on. They have these similarities in the sense that they're both aristocrats. They're, now, Larry Talbot is American in this film, and his father is British, and he goes back to England because his older brother died in an accident. They don't really say what the accident is. Yeah. Yeah, Larry's like totally Americanized. Like he's, I guess, born in England, but he's like grown up in America. So he's like acts all different, you know. He was sent away to get an education in America because he was the younger son. And it was assumed that he wasn't going to inherit anything. Uh, that his older brother was going to take over the estate. <laughs> and he says right at the beginning that, you know, he's not knowledgeable when it comes to any of that stuff. He's, you know, he's just good working with his hands. He's, he, for all intents and purposes, he's just a blue collar guy and means well. And that's the charm of, of Larry Talbot before he becomes the Wolfman. He's just, you know, he's a good natured guy. And uh, he, Larry winds up installing a telescope for his father. And, and this is the first part of the movie that we want to zoom in on because this is definitely a head scratcher. I mean, this is, you know, of all of the monster movies uh, from Universal, uh, there's a lot of goofy moments in these movies, but this one might be top of the list. Where Larry Talbot, he's working on this telescope and he winds up aiming it at the town and he zooms in on this little pawn shop or whatever it is, you know, like what, what would you call it? Like yeah, a, I think a novelty it, store. Or I something. think it, well, it's not a pawn shop because you never see anyone pawning anything, right. but yeah, maybe like an antique store antique or something. Antique store, like yeah, that. yeah, a little novelty store. And, um, and he's looking 
into the window of this woman. The character's name is Gwen, and she's getting dressed. Yeah, and, and he, he just spies on and her. He just looks at and her through <laughs> the telescope, and you're sitting. Even as a kid, I was like, "You can't do that." Like, that's not, <laughs> yeah, like, he looks at her through the telescope, and then like basically later on, he goes over there and he tries to play this game, kind of like this, like like game, kind of like a street uh, magician would play or something like that. Where he's like, he's like, I'm trying to buy some earrings. She shows him all the earrings and stuff. He's like, no, nah, I want specific earrings. Like, I want these, like, ones shaped like the moon and everything. She's like, I don't have those. And he's like, yeah, you do. They're in your bedroom. <laughs> and she's, like, all creeped out. Yeah. And then, but then later they go on a date anyway. Like, it's supposed to be cute. But, you know, by today's standard, it's, like, hella creepy. Well, she also says she's engaged and he doesn't accept that. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. And she says she's not interested in going out with him. But then when he shows up anyway, she has her friend there to chaperone, which means that she was hoping that he would come back. Yeah, so it's, it's, like, all it's like, like movie logic. Yeah, they're not really being honest with each other. can't remember what, what her reaction is to the to the earrings, but then he says, you know, well, they look so charming on you. And she says, how would you know that? And then he tells her what he did. And her first reaction is like, you wouldn't. And then he says, oh, no, no, I didn't mean anything by it. I was just I was just testing the refractor, and there you were. Yeah, like, he's like, know. well, it was an accident. Yeah, it was but an then accident. I looked like, anyway. just, it just happened to be pointed in your direction. <laughs> okay, well. Anyway, after Larry Talbot's been bitten, and he's bitten actually by Bella Lugosi, who Bella Lugosi is actually the real, the original werewolf in the film. And it's funny, because when Bella Lugosi turns into the, into the werewolf, it's they use a wolf. Or like yeah, a dog, that's what, you know? okay. So, this is what I was gonna I was gonna jump in on this earlier when you were talking about the makeup, but I was having the same thought because it's like, yeah, when Bela is a, a werewolf, he's a werewolf like you were saying, like he's just a full on wolf that used to be a guy, and when people see him, they just think he's a random wolf. But then when Larry turns into the Wolfman, he's like, you know, the one of a kind Wolfman and all that. So, do you think that's how he sees himself? And actually, everybody else sees him as a regular wolf, like how they see Bella. Bella. I don't. And oh, and by the way, Bella Lugosi, the actor, plays a character named Bella. Yeah. So, <laughs> so in this one, when we're switching back and forth between Bella and Bella, it doesn't matter because in both cases he's Bella. I I I just feel like no. I I would say no. I would say that the Wolfman look. That's the way Larry Talbot looks when he transforms. And for some reason, Bella turns into a wolf, yeah. like a full-blown wolf. A quad wolf versus an anthro wolf. Yeah. For all you anime people. <laughs> right. Now, it could have been because they didn't have the budget. Maybe Bella didn't want to do the makeup because he's just a side character. And, and they you know it would have been very expensive and a lot more time-consuming to have both Bella and Lon Chaney Jr., sit through Jack Pierce's makeup process and to show a, a wolf man like the way Lon Chaney is, but now it's Bella Lugosi with the same kind of makeup. Um, if I had to guess, I would say it was probably that, just cost-cutting. Like, let's just, people will be okay with it, you know, sort of thing. Now, Maleva is supposed to be uh, the mother of Bella, which is also kind of weird because I think they were like the same age, but... Are they really? Uh, some, I mean, yeah. No, I... Maria Skonspaya was not that much older than Bella Lugosi at the time. Was and she not? Were, I thought she no. was a, I thought she was old enough to be his mom. No, I know. Huh. No. She 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 played women who were much older than she actually was. Mm. And um but that's not even really the issue. I'm I'm pretty sure it, I used to think when I was a kid that maybe it was his sister 
but there's enough scenes in there where she refers to Bella as her son, but she calls everyone her son. So now uh, Lon Chaney Jr., he, he's transformed. He gets stuck in the, in the bear trap. <laughs> and he's about to get caught. And he's caught. cool afterwards. <laughs> and he what? He's cool afterwards. He doesn't like break his leg or anything. Oh, yeah, he just yeah. locks his, it his off. His leg would be completely shattered. <laughs> but then again, the curse could be protecting him. Yeah. So, um, but he's you know not in a good place because the, the hunters are you know right behind him and he steps into it. And uh, now this one is more of a linguistics thing. It, it's more about the dialogue. And I've this was something that for years and years just confused me. Uh, the gypsy woman, Maleva, she appears out of nowhere and she comes to his aid and she says this little prayer. And when she says this prayer, it turns him back. Like, even though the moon is full, it has like a temporary effect on him. It calms him down and he it's a, it allows him to transform back into a human temporarily. So when the hunters eventually catch up to him, he's gotten out of the trap and he says, oh, like, like they thought he was in on the hunt, you know, and he's like, no, well, I'm just, I'm just getting home right now or whatever. And they accept it, you know, because he's the, you know, going to be the master of the estate. Uh, but we want to focus on the, po the actual poem. Uh, do you want to say it? Why don't you just say it? It goes, the way you walk is thorny through no fault of your own. As the water enters the river, the river enters the sea. Find peace, my son, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't it end like that? It's kind of like the second part to, like, when the wolfbane blooms, yeah, you know, yeah. and all that stuff. Right, that's the other little poem that... But that's more of a nursery rhyme where everyone knows that werewolves actually exist. How does yeah, it, go? it goes, um, even a man who's pure, pure at heart, heart and says his prayers by night... Maybe become a wolf when the wolf moon blooms and the moon is full bright. Right. So those two poems are, you know, they were specifically written for the movie. And what we wanted to focus on was the first part of the Malevo poem, which is the way you walk is thorny. Now, I never knew what the hell that meant. I honestly, I have to just throw my hands up and say, all I could think of is that the, when the wolfman walks, it kind of looks like he's walking on his tiptoes. And when people walk on their tiptoes, that's walking thorny. Yeah, and, like they're walking through thorns or something. Yeah. Like that's what we thought for years and years. So the problem with that, the writing of that, is that we, as native speakers of English, we when we hear the way you do something, like the way you blank, 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 we think of the, the word way as like being synonymous with style, yeah. right? So the way you wear your hat, the way you dance, the way you look tonight, like it's all about style. So our brains immediately as native speakers think that what she's saying is the way, the style that you walk is thorny. There's this thorny style of walking. <laughs> I've never heard of a thorny style of walking. <laughs> it just doesn't, you know. Yeah, and, like you can make it work in your head. Like maybe it's like a thorn in your side type of thing. And, or something, and thorns but. do obviously are part of it, right? Because she's saying thorny. Um, but it, as it turns out, the use of the word way is more, uh, it's more synonymous with path. So really what she's saying is, the path on which you walk. Yeah. So, so if Maleva had been like, you know, uh, really, really fluent in English and talked in that higher hoity-toity register um, that no one really likes to use anymore, she would have said, 
the path on which you walk is thorny. So really what she's saying is that the way, the road. Yeah, like you're not going to have an easy life, basically. Yeah, right. But you know, it makes sense. Since she's a gypsy, I'm assuming she speaks like Roma or whatever it's called. I don't know Roma, but considering the part of the world it's from, I'm assuming it's, you know, it's closer to Russian or something like that. And they use... What's Romanian? Like, yeah, and Romania, isn't that a romance language yes. too? So in Spanish and Russian, they use the word way more like path. So for her to say that makes sense, you know, linguistically. Right. And it's just, it has, it's not that it doesn't make sense. It makes sense once you understand it. But it's just that there's a frequency of use when, for native speakers of English, when, you, when one says the way you do something, we think that they really mean it's style. It's like the linguistics phrase, time flies like an arrow, fruit flies like a banana. <laughs> and when you hear that, it makes your brain go, huh? You know, because it's not nonsense as much as it is when you try to process it in real time. In the first part, flies is your verb and like is your comparative. Yeah. When you hear the second line, fruit flies are the noun and then like is your verb. Yeah. And then a banana, which is the object. So it's not a comparative. You're not comparing the fruit flies to a banana. The fruit flies like a banana. Yeah. <laughs> but, but this is the way, the same way that the way you walk is thorny hits my brain. Anyway, so then there's a couple other uh, little minor things. One of them is actually not in The Wolfman. It's in, uh, it was, it's in Frankenstein meets The Wolfman. And it's a really minor scene, but there's a scene where Larry Talbot's trying to convince the inspectors and the doctor that, uh, that he is uh, the Wolfman, that, that he basically has this curse and they refuse to believe him and instead they just want to think that he's an escaped criminal, that, you know, he's, that there's none of this monster stuff is real. And so he turns to them and he's, he gets really angry because they're not believing him. Goes, Why won't you believe me? He says, you think I'm a lunatic. And <laughs> he I said, always, you're treating me like a lunatic. You're, yeah, you're treating me like a lunatic. <laughs> and it's like, well, isn't that what you want? Because the meaning of lunatic literally means someone who's driven crazy by the moon. Yeah. And so so it, it, once again, it's one of those writing blunders. Now, maybe that's the whole, uh, the whole joke. The whole joke is that they <laughs> if they meant it, yeah, uh, who they, knows? But I think this is interesting because I like to do different distinctions. You have all these words for crazy people, right? You have like lunatic, maniac, psycho, all that stuff. And they each one, people use them interchangeably, but each one has its own like meaning really. Like maniac is more like you have high energy, you know, it's like that like cartoon crazy person where they're like running around screaming all the time and just, you know, like an ax wielding maniac. Psycho means more like your idea of reality is not everybody else's idea of reality. So in the movie Psycho with Norman Bates, it's actually accurate. And then... Lunatic. Yeah, lunatic. That's obviously the most like poetic one. It goes back to like medieval times. Right. But the thing is, it's semantically, it has drifted semantically in the sense that the way that Talbot's using it in 1940s is that calling someone a lunatic, just it's synonymous with you, you just think I'm crazy. You just think I'm of unsound mind. Yeah. Right. Which is, and that's fine. I mean, I've probably used it many times like that, but it's the one word that when you are referring to someone who's kind of losing their mind, that it is preconditioned by the moon. And it's just 
ironic that that's his whole problem. Yeah. And then he chooses that one instead of saying, you think I'm crazy or you think I'm a maniac or you think I'm psychotic or you think that I'm unstable. All of these other ones he could have used because they're refusing to believe that he's a lunatic. Yeah. Like that's what's getting him mad. So I don't know. I I think that's just that's just an interesting one to when we're analyzing the dialogue would that have been better if they hadn't used lunatic or and then lastly just to compare it with uh, our previous discussion on werewolf of london the ending and how the movie ends is somewhat different from the protection of dr glendon's legacy being an aristocrat and and uh the inspector telling him right before he dies that don't worry i've got your back no one's gonna know that you were the guy that was murdering all these people and it's not gonna, you know, soil your your good name, you know, going forward. And he gets to die in peace, and you know that these law enforcement people are literally gonna do that, you know, for him. Um, whereas in the Wolfman, it has kind of a similar. What they do is the the one guy uh, who he sort of is given the last line, and he 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 sort of describes what he thinks happened. Of course, at the end of The Wolfman, Claude Rains, who plays Larry Talbot's father, winds up killing his own son with the cane that Larry Talbot bought from Gwen uh, that has the silver you know, head on it with the wolf, the wolf head. Yeah. And silver. And it's a handle. It's like a really gnarly handle. <laughs> and so Claude Rains uses it to club his own son to death. And it's assumed because it's silver, it has the right properties to break the curse. And once... Of course, Claude Rains in the film doesn't accept the fact that his son, he thinks it's all in his son's head. Yeah, he's he's like the main skeptic. Like, he goes to lengths to, like, deny that there's any werewolf. Mm -hmm. Once again, that's what's similar to Dr. Glendon from Werewolf of London is that in this sense, uh, the older Talbot is once again concerned about the legacy of his family, you know, and their good name. And... He doesn't know it's bad enough that his older son died in something and maybe it was something shady, but they, once again, the cops already helped them like cover that up. So no one's ever going to know. So now, uh, you know, he's horrified because Claude Rains is horrified because he realized he's killed his son. Then there's the inspector. It's it's the police detective. It's the, oh yeah, the guy who gives attitude. But he understood, just like with the previous film, Werewolf of London, he understands his place. He understands that he can't overstep certain boundaries when it comes to these elites and these aristocrats. So he's very careful, and he it, so he's given the last line, and he says, it's very clear what just happened. A wolf came and attacked Gwen. Larry came to her rescue, and so did the father. Yeah, Sir John. Sir John. Yeah. Right? Sir John. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sir John came at the same time, and in the confusion— Yeah, he tried to club the wolf yeah. and accidentally club right. Larry, yeah. which makes no sense. Kind of yeah. like one of those cartoon fight clouds, yeah. you know, where everyone's yeah. just mixed up <laughs> just in it. Hands sticking but, yeah. out, hands and legs just sticking out of the But cloud. basically, yeah, he's saying that's what he's going to tell everybody else. Yeah. He's not going to say, like, yeah, you just hit your own son in the head for who knows why, you know? Right, and and what's interesting about it is, unlike Werewolf of London, he doesn't say in my report. He just he's just telling us the spectators. He's 
he's sort of saying, you know, for anyone who wasn't here, it was just an, it was just a big mistake. It was an accident. There, there is no monster here. And then he just turns to Sir John and he says, I'm sorry, Sir John. And then the movie yeah. ends. And then later they, like in Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, they say that Sir John died of a heart attack or something or died of grief he or something like grief. that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> of a broken heart. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah. So anyway, that's been our discussion on and our analysis of the two main werewolf movies that Universal produced, Werewolf of London and The Wolfman, with a little bit of Frankenstein meets the Wolfman thrown in. Uh, I just wanted to jump to Werewolfery because The Wolfman was always my favorite monster and I wanted to get right to that. So we've accomplished that and we hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Leave us five stars and a review. Thanks.